want apple juice. Lucas wants apple juice. I know, I heard him can say I that. Can I have apple juice? Yeah, you can have apple juice. Can I have soda? Yes, you can have soda. Can I press that button? No, you can't press that button. Why? Because that's going to play the theme song. I'm not ready to start Click. the pot. here on high pod i'm dad welcome back friday here in new york it is may the 20th it is 2022 the year is god going by pretty fast so thank you for taking the time to find the show here today whether you found me on any of the streaming services like subscribe hit the bell do the notifications whatever you have to do uh tell your friends tell your enemies tell everybody to check it out. Uh, if you found me on highpodomdad.com where all of our archives are, uh, go ahead and bookmark the page. Everything's going to be there every single Friday. We have a brand new audio show for you, uh, as well as highblogomdad.com. New blogs Monday, Wednesday. Thank you always for checking it out. I got some big news on the way. I'm very excited about it. I can't talk about it yet. As you guys know, a lot of the stuff that I do uh, in regards to my writing and in regards to the projects that I have coming out, a lot of them working with other people, you can't really talk about them before a certain time. So I do have to keep quiet on certain things, but I do promise you I have multiple announcements, hopefully, that are exciting to be able to tell you guys about. I'm waiting on them. I will let you know. I promise. Uh, thank you for all your support. This has been a hell of a week. Just, uh, I don't know, man. My allergies are acting up a little bit, but I'm still in a good mood, which is always the best thing to possibly do. I mean, I worry, you know, my son is coughing, that allergy cough with the weather changing. I hate that, man. You ever had to bring your kid to school and they're coughing in the car and all you could think is, dude, if they send you home today, oh my God. So you drop him off and I'm like, I'm like, he's coughing a little bit, but he seems okay. Oh man. So the whole day just is spent waiting for that phone call. That was my favorite, my favorite nurse call that I ever got. One time she called up and she's like, hi, yeah, nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. Lucas is a little sick, it seems like, today. He's got a little bit of a cough going on. So not saying you have to pick him up, but this week other parents, you know, their children had coughs and they came and got them from school early. So and this went on for like 10 minutes. So and I went, you want me to pick him up? She goes, okay, great, thanks. She hangs up. I went and got him. So I'm waiting on that. I'm waiting for that, you know, so phone call today. Uh, we'll see if it happens. It might happen. It might not. Either way, all good. Hopefully he feels better. I gave him some cough medicine before school. So uh, we'll work that out. But yeah, it is never fun <laughs> dealing with allergies out here on Long Island. And then one thing about Long Island, this is what I wanted to talk about today because I don't think I've ever gotten to talk about this before. Uh, I'm from Long Island. I've been a Long Island guy since birth. Uh, I was born out in Jackson Heights, out in Queens. Um moved out here to the main island when I was about two and a half years old to a little place called Lindenhurst, New York. Lindy, Lindy Pride. Uh, and I lived in Lindenhurst for my entire childhood from two and a half until about 20. I was from Lindenhurst. And it's a funny thing about hometowns. And I think a lot of people have noticed that is that when you're in the hometown, when you're in that childhood age, you don't really love your hometown. You know, you talk about it, you deal with it, you're from Lindy, but there's always that desire to get out. You want to get out and go somewhere else because in your mind, that's a status symbol. I'm going to get out of this town. 
One day I'm going to be out of here. You're not going to find me again. I'm never coming back ever. And then you grow up and you get out and you meet people from other areas and you start to realize that people are kind of the same all over, a little different. And it becomes clear that the people from your hometown, those are your people, the way they act, the way they are, the way they interact with each other. And Lindenhurst people were my people, Um, a very kind of blue collar town, hardworking town. In my town, this is what's weird about it, because again, I'm from Long Island. People know what they think about Long Island. Long Island has a distinction of being uh, known for you know money and being known for just kind of like hoity-toity, above it all kind of stuff. And Lindy wasn't really like that. In fact, in my town, I remember it wasn't cool to be rich. Those weren't the cool the cool people. It was the people who could beat you up. Those were the cool people where I come from. Like the guys who were like the tough guys that hang out on the corner and smoke cigarettes. Those were the guys who were like, stay away from those, those greasy guys. Um, and then as soon as I got out and I started like getting across Long Island and meeting people from other towns, I realized that it's all about like, oh, I have a boat. It's like, oh, that's great. That's cool. All right, cool. And because of that, the further I got away from Lindenhurst, the more fondly I remembered the town that I came up from. Now, if you want some facts about Lindy, let me give you this. We have famous alumni, and here's who they are. Uh, out in Lindenhurst, Dan Loria from The Wonder Years, the dad, remember him? Lindenhurst. Joy Behar from The View, she taught at Lindenhurst. Uh, and here's the big one, and everybody from Lindy, say it with me. One, two, three, Pat Benatar. That's right. And uh, Pat Benatar was only about 10 years removed from me, I think. Uh, she had just hit it big a few years before I started elementary school. So she was a big star, somebody everybody knew. The teachers that I had had her as a student. I remember Mr. Gennady, my accounting teacher, had told me, he goes, oh yeah, but her name wasn't Pat Benatar, it was Pamela something. She was Polish before Polish was popular. And I've always remembered that, Polish before Polish was popular. There's a big Polish influx in Lindy as well. Um, Yeah, man, and I, I really do, I gotta say, being from a town with as much pride as we had in Lindenhurst was a great thing. It's the kind of thing that as time goes on, it allows you to look back fondly and remember things about it. I, I spend so much time in Lindy hanging out at the docks, which was this, you know, docks. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Do I have to explain that? I feel like sometimes I explain things that are ridiculous. This morning, my daughter, who's, who's going to be 14, asked me for a Band-Aid, right? So I gave her a couple of them. I'm like, here you go. I'm like, you know how to, how to use them? And she just looks at me deadpan. She goes, no, I don't know how to use a Band-Aid. And she just walks out of the room. And I was like, FNB. Um, so yeah, sometimes I know I do that. I, I over-explain. So yeah, we used to hang out at the docks. We would be there all night. I used to meet my friend, Chris. We would go there at like 10 p.m. And there would always be people from our group. We had this huge group of friends that was almost like an extended family. There was like a core group and then there was an extended group. So at the end of the day, there was like... I don't even know how many people were in this group. You would just run into people randomly at the docks or at the Babylon Townhouse Diner. And we would go there and at any time, day or night, Babylon Townhouse was open 24 hours and there was a table that we always sat on. And you would go in and you would see people you knew at that table and you'd go hang out at the table. And we knew the owner and we talked to the owner. So it was always, it felt like home in a way that almost nowhere else I've ever been from ever felt like home. And maybe that's the thing about hometowns and maybe that's something that we all can relate to. Home is where you're from. And once you feel it, it's kind of hard to recreate it elsewhere. So I've never really found a place that ever felt as much like home as Lindenhurst felt. Um, And it's something that I wish I appreciated while I was there. I mean, there was that saying in the office where it's like, I wish 
I wish we knew it was the good old days when you were still living them. Same exact thing. I wish I knew it was the good old days when I was actually in Lindy, when I was actually from Lindenhurst. Uh, Lindy was just known for so many different things. I mean, one of the big things that always used to make me laugh as a kid was we had a little museum of Lindenhurst history. This museum was really, it was the size of like my bedroom. And you would go in and it had uh, pictures of Babe Ruth when him and Lou Gehrig had come to Lindenhurst and done a baseball game, an exhibition baseball game back in, I guess, the, the 30s, 20s, whenever he was from. There's the baseball was on display and that was really the claim to fame. And I used to go to that museum. I've gone there multiple times. I don't know why, but it was something about it. It was free to walk into. You walked around, you got that sense of pride. I have a book in my house right now called From Breslau to Lindenhurst, and it is the history of Lindy and everything that, you know, kind of made it what it was. And it's a great book. It shows you like them building the town and Wellwood Avenue and all these different parts of of Lindenhurst that really stick with you, you know, as you as you grow up and you you move out and you move on. Yeah, man. I mean, I think back fondly on a lot of stuff about Lindy. And I think the the thing that gets me, and I know the thing that gets other people when it comes to their hometowns and moving on and moving out is how things change. Because one of the parts of Lindenhurst that I always remembered was the Lindenhurst movie theater. Lindy had a movie theater that was known for being cheap. I mean, ridiculously cheap. I remember a time where it was like 99 cents for a movie, a buck 25. And before you turn around, you think that I'm really old. You're like, well, you know, candy was a nickel back then. It wasn't a nickel back then. Movies were, you know, a couple of bucks. So $2 was substantially lower than other movie theaters. But what made it $2 was the fact that they would play these really um, old movies, movies that were just about to go to VHS, would go to Lindenhurst. I had a friend of mine that used to always joke that they were playing Gremlins. Uh, and this is like a decade after Gremlins. He'd be like, yeah, there were Gremlins there last week. It was always the big joke. They had super old movies. So we would go and we would watch the movies. And Lindy, I've seen so many movies at that theater. As time went on, they had problems, I guess, selling tickets. And they started making the tickets $4. But you got free stale popcorn with it. They would have to, <laughs> That's all they had in the concession stands was just popcorn all over the place. And they would give you a free bucket of, of popcorn to go into the movie. So we did that for a while. Uh, and then it closed down. Now, the, here's the thing about the Lindenhurst Movie Theater. It was on the corner of the main street in Lindy, which was Wellwood Avenue, and Montauk Highway Merrick Road, which was the main road uh, of Long Island going you know, east and west on the southern end of the island. So every time you drove down Merrick Road, you would see the Lindenhurst Movie Theater, and you knew you were in Lindy. And across the street from it was Werner's Bowling Alley, which we used to hang out at all the time. We had friends that worked there. We would go to Werner's Bowl. So you always knew you were in Lindenhurst. You always felt like you were in home. And what ended up happening was they, they closed down the movie theater, but they changed it to a boat store. I kid you not, because again, we're near the docks. They made it a boat store, but it looked exactly like the movie theater. So you still knew you were in Lindy. You would still pass the, the movie theater and you'd be like, well, we're in Lindenhurst. There's the boats. Um, and then a few years after that, they tore it down and they replaced it with a CVS. And then they tore down the bowling alley across the street. And now, and sad to say, I sometimes drive right past it. And I don't even know I'm in Lindenhurst. And that to me, I think that's when I really realized how much fondness I had for the town I grew up in is when it was no longer there. And I think a lot of us can relate to that feeling of longing for days gone by, the feeling of wanting to go back, the feeling of losing things. We don't really realize what we lost until it's gone. And I think that goes for hometowns, that goes for people, that goes for all sorts of things. I saw a meme online that said, you never, people never appreciate how hard you ride for them until you park. And I was like, that is a great, great line. Cause it's true, but it's the same thing almost with the hometown. Like 
you take things for granted when they're there, when you have them. And then one day there's almost like a shift and everything's kind of different and you just kind of have to go forward from there. So I don't know, man, that's what I did. Uh, I love Lindenhurst. I go back now. I've gone to the, they have this whole new influx of restaurants and things like that. Uh, I've brought, you know, Lucas to the Lindenhurst High School and I've let him kind of walk the track and we've gone to the big rock that has a picture of a, a Lindy Bulldog on it. And I've brought him to my elementary school, Albany Avenue, shout out. Um, yeah, man, go back to your hometown, soak it in. Uh, and try to enjoy it. And if you are listening to this and you're young enough that you're still in your hometown, appreciate the fact that you are. I know a lot of people from Lindy with me, people that I grew up with in Lindy are still in Lindy. Uh, I'm close to Lindenhurst, man. I'm not that far away. Every once in a while, I'll find myself like gravitating back there, you know, kind of show up there at a restaurant or show up there at a, at a store in the town or something like that. And it always feels, feels like a homecoming. James posted some stuff. This week, same exact thing. I wrote this week about my son, Lucas, um, and kind of living his best life. That was the Monday piece that I had written about. I was kind of proud of that one because I think a lot of times people tend to lose sight of the fact that just because he's content sitting at home doesn't mean he should always be sitting at home. Just because he's content constantly being on his iPad does not mean he should always be on his iPad. In fact, there's many times where he shouldn't be because his new favorite thing might be out there waiting for him. A lot of stuff that he does... He loves things like bowling. We go bowling. He likes to go bowling. He goes up with the ball. He puts it on the, the little roller thing they have there. It's, uh, I mean, he doesn't straight up bowl. You know, first of all, he's 11. Second of all, he has special needs. He's not really, his, his motor skills can't really roll the ball. So there would have been a time where you would have told me about him bowling. And I would have been like, no. But we had to go the first time and realize that they had one of these things that you can walk up to and you put the ball on this little roller thing like a tiny roller coaster for a bowling ball. And he puts it on there and it rolls down the aisle and he likes it and he watches it. Sometimes he gets through an entire game. Sometimes it's like seven frames and he's done, but whatever it is, we're done when he's done. And that's how you find his next favorite thing. There's some things that he hates, some things that he likes. He loves the pool. He loves bowling, things like that. I don't know, miniature golf, not so much, things like that. But there's only one way to find out and that's to do it. So that's what I wrote about on Monday, uh, helping him find the things that he loves the most. I brought it back to myself, how... There was a time in my life where I was content to really do very little for a little while and had to drag myself out the front door. And I know people say, well, well, Lucas doesn't understand that, you know, there's a whole world out there. It's like, well, neither did I when I was sitting on my couch. So you have to get out there and find the world in order to experience it. Wednesday was similar. Wednesday was about helping him rediscover summer fun, meaning taking him back to the pool at summer months and all this other stuff. Uh, But one of the problems with bringing him to the pool last year was that it's right next to the playground. And when I would try to bring him to the playground, he would try to pull me to the pool even after the pool was closed. And there's no way to let him go in there. They won't allow it. So it was trying to get him to understand that, which has traditionally been an issue uh, with my son. Things like, you know, food has to cook. That That was a tough hurdle to get over, something like that. Or, you know, you have to wait for this to happen or that to happen. Even to this day, he skips YouTube videos all the time if there's an ad on them. It uh, doesn't wait the five seconds and I can't really get him to do it. I'll try to keep his hand back. I'm like, no, no, wait, 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 wait. You're going to watch the video. Just wait, wait, wait. And he'll fight me to press that button because he doesn't want to watch it and he doesn't really get the concept. So that's what happened with the pool. 
We went to this playground. He was eh, too already, but it's right next to where the pool is. So he would cry. He would pull me towards it. Uh, and it was awful. And it was last year. And it's a new year. So we're going to find out if he does it again. And that's kind of the point of that piece on Wednesday was that a lot of the things that we did a year ago, you have to redo to know if he's still going to react that way. Because he might not. It might just be a completely different thing. But you have to work and you have to find out. Uh, and that's what we do. We work and we find out. Uh, and in the end, if you do that, it uh, it ends up being the best thing for everybody. You enjoy your day. You get to go out. I always make the joke, we just need six pictures to prove we did it. <laughs> we had fun. If it looks fun in six pictures, we leave. We're good. Uh, but it, I mean, that's a joke. At the end of the day, if he wants to leave, you know, 10 minutes in, we're out. It's all good. Whatever he needs to do. We've had 15-minute days of fun. I wrote a blog about it a long time ago. Just uh, quick moments. You grab the happiness when you can. And you get the hell out of there when you have to. Uh, so that's what we did. So highblogomdad.com. Check it out. Monday, Wednesday, there are hundreds and hundreds of posts on there talking about my family, about health, mental health, autism, uh, parenting, heart health. You name it, it's on there. Uh, check it out. Thank you for your support. You guys are my saving grace. You guys are my inspiration. And you guys are my sanity. Hi, Pod. This is your moment of sanity. This week's moment of sanity is something I forgot about. It's something that I haven't done in a while and something that uh, I sometimes kick myself for. It's been uh, a month or two since the last time. This week's moment of sanity deals with reading storybooks to my kids before bed. And I've talked a lot about reading my daughter's stories before bed, especially when she was little, to the point where every night for half an hour before she went to sleep, we would read books. And it would be like three or four books that we would find. We'd go to the library. We used to live right down the block from the library. We'd walk there multiple times a week, her and I, when she was like two, three years old. Uh, it was adorable. And she'd play with the beads and she'd play with the toys. And I'd get us books and I'd pile them up and we'd go home and we'd read them. We'd read them before bed. And we'd read them during the day. A lot of reading, a lot of getting that out. Uh, and I loved it. I loved reading books like the Pinkalicious. We read all the Liciouses and Betty Bunny. You name it. We read a Pizza Pizza. I love that book. Uh, tons of kids' books. Now, my son, as you guys know, nonverbal, autism, blah, blah, blah. I've said it a million times. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't like books. In fact, he does like books. Uh, Lucas has a select amount of books that he loves to death. Penguins, Penguins is one of them. Frogs and Toads or something like that. There's This book is actually one that he loves, which is a board book. But it has little frogs in it, right? And they have little clickers next to them. And when you hit the clicker, it makes like a grinding noise that kind of resembles a ribbit. So we read this book. And as I read it to him, I, you know, I, I read it rhythmically. Uh, we get to the, the croaking. He does a little thing with the frogs going ribbit, ribbit. And I do ribbit in a high pitched voice. And then I tickle him and he laughs. Uh, there's actually one part of the book where about a chilly wind whistles and I would go and I would whistle, but then I would blow all over his face as I did. And he loves it. He anticipates it. He gets ready. He gets, uh, you know, he gets into a little ball. It's cute. We did this for a while. We read all these books, Moo and, and Tales and those, uh, the Mad Van Hess books are called, uh, the author. Either way, Lucas has books that he loves. But it's not really an imperative thing for him. It's not like he brings me books to read to him. In fact, if Lucas finds one of his books, he'll just read it himself. Uh, maybe not technically read it, but I'll watch him. I'll see him on the monitor and he's going through and he's paging through the book or, you know, you give him one while he's watching TV and he's flipping the... the pop-up books and he's flipping them open, things like that. I'm watching him do it. And I'm thinking to myself the other day, I'm like, this kid wants me to read him a book. So last night for the first time, and uh, I would say about two months or so, I went in there and I read him some books and it was fantastic. Um, it was sweet. 
We got to kind of cuddle up next to each other. I put him to bed. I really enjoyed it. And that, to me, was a moment of sanity. And it's something I forgot about. It's it's funny to remember it because so often when we talk about you know having a, a child like mine, the focus on the fact that he sometimes operates at a much younger level than you would expect him to is a negative. We talk about that stuff all the time where it's, you know, oh, they think this way or, you know, he's not he's not where 11 year old should be. And it sounds like such a bad thing. But in moments like this, it was sweet. And I think we're at an age now where, I mean, hopefully if he was a neurotypical 11 year old, he'd still want to read books. I know from my daughter that by the time she hit like around 11, we didn't read too much. We started to update our reading, for example. I I read her um, The Lottery by Shirley Jackson before she read it in school. And, you know, she sat in bed and I read it. She likes to hear me read stories, but we weren't still reading board books. We didn't cuddle while we read it. You know, I just kind of read her the story. But with him, it allows me to to kind of hold on to certain parts of his youth that would perhaps be gone by now if it wasn't for uh, autism. And again, that goes back to autism appreciation. I've talked about it before. We spend so much time talking about all the negatives of everything. You know, autism awareness, just know that it's there. Autism acceptance, you don't accept it. What about autism appreciation? What about the fact that, you know, for some of the things that we have to work on, he has life skills he has to work on and things that do give me genuine concern. There are other parts to him having autism, like being able to read him board books and have him like lay his head on my shoulder as I read it. That, I don't know, it's sweet and it makes me happy. Um, and that does it for me this week, guys. Stay happy. I'm happy this week. I'm in a good mood. So hopefully you guys are in a good mood too. Come back next week. Hi, pod. I'm dad.com or any of the streaming services. Find me on Fridays with this audio and then find me in the blog. Hi, blog. I'm dad.com twice a week, Monday, Wednesday. Uh, you'll find me there too. Follow me on all social media at hi, James Gutman. Until next time, this is James Gutman saying be well. Bye, pod. I'm dad.